Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and goodbye to everyone listening at whatever time you are listening. I am Joe Anthony Myrick, you can call me Jam for short, and this is the Mental Health Check-In Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spreading mental health awareness as a means to help us all heal, because the more we learn, the more we heal, and I hope you can continue to find ways to heal without me. Because as you may have seen from the previous episode's description, as you may have seen in the description of this episode from this title, this is officially the last episode of the podcast. I just wanted to take the time to sit down and just speak candidly about why this show is ending. It mostly just boils down to time and energy. When it comes to that which I can offer to this podcast, I've unfortunately run out both. Due to new multiple responsibilities that I've taken on in the last year, I simply don't have the time that I used to when I first started this podcast to invest in it. To make it better, to help it grow, and that alludes to many things, to to working on the social media, to making clips, to preparing for interviews, to to when I used to spend hours editing these myself once upon a time. To just expand its visibility to help as many people as I possibly could. That level of consistency, dedication, and maybe even quality hasn't been reflected in what I do for a very long time. And it couldn't be. Not when I have so many other things to juggle alongside it now, and it may never reach that level again. For better or worse, I've always been someone who likes to put 110% into everything that I do. If I'm going to do it, I'm not just going to do it well. I'm going to make sure that I do it exceptionally well. If I can't give something 110%, then I feel like I'm better off not doing it. And now I feel like I shouldn't be doing the podcast anymore. Not when it just isn't feasible for me to put in that kind of work for it anymore. I've tried. Believe me, I have tried. And the harder I tried to balance it with work, life, career, and just general rest time, I'd wear myself out. Frequently, actually, I wear myself out until I was burnt out. My mother... In times like these, she always liked to say that if you don't sit down, God is going to knock you down. And while I'm not sure I'd classify myself as a God-fearing man, so to speak, I will classify myself as someone who has been knocked down. And when I get knocked down, it hurts. Physically, mentally emotionally it hurts until I do something about it 
in the last few years, I've learned from therapy and even doing this podcast that the only way to recover from burnout is to make adjustments to your life. Make adjustments with a strict focus on the things that are knocking you down. You've got to make adjustments that allow those same things to work alongside your life as you know it now. If you still want to carry that load, then you have to minimize that load so it no longer feels like a load or like a burden. For example, for a job, you have to see if you can minimize your literal workload. That might mean changing your schedule, maybe working less hours at the very least. And if you realize you can't minimize a load, then it's time to get rid of that load. In that example, you'd have to quit that job. In my case, it means ending this podcast. Maybe most likely just ending my podcast career in general. Now, I try to be a never-say-never kind of guy, so I'm hesitant to put a, a definitive stamp on my life as a podcaster overall. But I do think it's time to put a stamp on this podcast. But this isn't a sad occasion. There will not be tears over this podcast. Not from me, not from you. There will be no mourning. This is not a funeral. This is a celebration. Because in the two years that this podcast was running... We accomplished a lot, and I do mean we, not just referring to those who have supported me directly and indirectly, but for you listening. This is a team effort. This show is a collaboration, and those who listen to the show, be it out of love, be it out of spite, be it out of mild curiosity, you are just enough a reason for this show to have gone on for as long as it's gone on. As much as anybody is, as much as me, as much as anybody who has actually worked hands-on behind the scenes of the show, you are a major reason for the success, if not the biggest reason. When I started this show, I came in with two goals in mind. One was to find guidance in fixing myself when I thought I was broken. The other was to use this show, use my guests to, to help as many people as I possibly could. Help people who felt as broken, as hurt, as depressed as I did two years ago. And I think I achieved both of those goals. In fact, I'll, I'll say I know, I'm, I'm confident that I achieved those goals. I'm, I achieved those goals. I'm in a better place, much better place now, actually, than I was two years ago. I've, I've taken steps to not only burying myself, but also... I've taken steps to be aware of myself because of this podcast. 
I've become aware of myself in ways I never even knew was possible before the show. And I learned how to take those steps to help myself heal when I was aware I was at my worst, seeking therapy, committing to therapy, breathing techniques, journaling, simply talking about it, simply acknowledging it, all things that I started to put into practice when I started this podcast, what I continue to put into practice now, and all things I will continue to practice when this show is behind me. And judging from the feedback I've received over the course of two years from those close to me and even those who came to me as strangers, I've helped a lot of people over the course of these two years. I've helped a lot of people begin their own journeys in helping themselves and healing themselves. That was always the main goal of the show, and that is not something I take for granted at all. This podcast reached a couple thousand listeners, almost 3,000, over the course of two years. And maybe that's not a lot, but to me, that's still nearly 3,000 individuals I was able to reach to to hear me make sense of a topic that's been attached to a stigma for a long time. A stigma that was considered taboo to talk about for a very long time. Maybe it still is for a lot of people, but out of 3,000 people, I was able to to help some of them to make it make sense for some of them, help educate some of them, help some of them heal. And for that, I will always be eternally grateful that the show gave me that opportunity and that platform to do that for as long as I did. So I think every single person who helped play a part in the show's success, in the show's journey, and ultimately played a part in helping my own journey. I thank you, first and foremost, for listening, whom without you there is no show. I thank my loved ones who supported me and helped spread the word about the show. That includes the two people who you'll be hearing from very soon, Jay and Jesse, who more on them later. But I want to thank Machete Stan for crafting this show's theme song, which rain so beautifully, setting the tone for all 50 of these episodes. I thank Caitlin Noel, a wonderful, wonderful human being who designed the logo for the show. She's incredibly talented. Please go commission her art. Follow her everywhere. Caitlin Noel, Caitlin.Noel.Art on Instagram. Just go support her stuff. Commission her. She's fantastic human being. I, I thank members of New Career Order for believing that this show was worth supporting to to elevate its platform after its first year, welcoming it and myself into its roster, its family with open arms. I thank A-Love 
Felicia Rose, Hannah, Linwood, Cameron, Irwin, Blake, B, B especially, who B took on the task of editing every single episode for the latter half of the show's run. B, who, if not for them, if they weren't there to edit these episodes when I was at my busiest, this show may have ended much sooner than it did, actually. I thank everyone who played a big role in the show, whose name I may be forgetting right now, or I may have addressed indirectly. Forgive me if I did not directly say your name, because believe me, I still have love in my heart for you. I thank every single guest who has come on this show willing to share their their expertise and their understanding of the topic and to offer conversation with me over the course of 50 episodes to unpack things for each other, unpack things for listeners and just have an in-depth conversation that need to be had. People like Wendy McComb who kicked this whole thing off. People like Wyandotte, people like Kristen Ashley, people like Warren Hayes, Charlotte T. Martin, Mickey Malkovich, Alyssa Alvarez, people like Cynthia Ciadot, Kitty Aurora, Left at London, Sarah Benincasa, Jennifer Hubbs, Tony Moon, Joe DeMero, Kevin Parvizi, Michelle Al Manning, and really just every single guest who dedicated their time and energy to this show whether i named you directly or not i appreciate every single guest i had on this show because in one way shape or form they have all added something to this show and in many ways add something to my life and i am grateful to have had a conversation with each and every single one of you. So it feels right to kind of end at the top, so to speak. I certainly feel like I'm on a mountain of some sort with all I was able to accomplish. The more I just sit back, literally sit back and just reflect on it right now, I'm I'm happy with where I've gotten And I'm happy with where I am now. So in my mind, at least, I'll call it ending on top. After 50 episodes, this this feels like a good place to stop. And it feels right to end this surrounded by my peers. The guests for my 50th episode are two people who I consider the closest I'll ever have to my best friends, two near and dear people to my soul. One you met before in a previous episode, Rapper Nauseous, and the other is filmmaker Jay Harris. This was originally going to be a one-on-one episode with myself and Jay, but since Nauseous just happened to be in the room at the time of recording, it became a it became a three-way dance, so to speak. A three-way dance that felt 
equal parts enlightening and rewarding. Much like how our personal conversations tend to be in private. So I was more than happy to bring that sort of that sort of chemistry, that sort of electricity between us to take it and bring it on to the show. Not even realizing that this would be the last episode because we record this at the top of this year, which would have been several months ago. And for one reason or another, it just kind of stayed in the vault. But when I became certain that the end was nigh for this show, I decided it was time to pull this episode out of the vault. I never would have guessed while recording that this would be the final episode of this show, but listening back, honestly, it's the perfect send-off. I don't think I could have asked for this recording to be better than it ended up being, and I couldn't have asked for two better guests to end on, so... I've said enough about this episode as is. I've said enough about this podcast as is. So I think now, now I think it's time to just dive right into it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to everyone listening at whatever time you're listening. I am Joe Anthony Myrick, you can call me Jam for short, and this is the Mental Health Check-In Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing mental health awareness as a means to help us all heal, because the more we learn, the more we heal, and I think we should all heal together, and today we'll be healing with a good friend of mine, a filmmaker, scriptwriter, future Hollywood auteur. Very good friend of mine, Jalen Harris. How you doing, Jay? Yeah, what up? Good, good. Do it all. <laughs> How are you feeling emotionally, physically, spiritually? You know that, yes. Fucking, uh, generally, just overall right now, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. Okay. Why is that? I got back into editing my documentary that I did for school. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like doing that has given me a bit more purpose. I wasn't doing shit for the longest time. I was just being a lazy a lazy piece of shit and just kind of work was all I would do. I would just go, go to work, come home, and like that was it. I didn't really do anything. So when I got back into editing, I was like, damn, I missed having this cool thing to do like periodically, like all the time almost. So that... It felt good to get back into that rhythm. Well, you were doing some stuff like back in the day, right? Like you were doing the photography, shooting. Yeah, I mean, I still, I don't go out and shoot as much as I should, honestly, because I am chronically lazy. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I figured out recently, or not even recently, it was something I know for a while, but I think I finally decided to man up and tackle, is... Creatively, I need momentum. Mm-hmm. 
And when my momentum stops, I become just fucking static, just stable, and I don't do anything. Is that why you decided to go to film school about a year or two ago? Well, I wanted to get more. That's one of the reasons, yeah. I wanted to push myself into taking control of the situations in my life. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go to film school, learn more. Because, you know, we were we, we used to write. Mm-hmm. We wrote a couple of scripts together. Mm-hmm. And that felt good when we were... Because there was someone to lean on. Mm-hmm. Not lean on, but... There was... Like, if you wrote something, I had to write something. It's not mm-hmm. like I couldn't just have you write everything. Mm-hmm. And I liked that back and forth. But that was a while ago. So when I went to film school, I was like... I want to get better equated with being a an active professional and like creative. I, I just want to do all this kind of creative shit all the time. Okay. Did I like fuck up that groove when like I stopped the script writing? No. No, I mean, you got your own shit. You were mm-hmm. like teaching and all and everything else you do. Mm-hmm. You weren't fucking up the groove, no. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, and it's not like I officially like stopped too mm-hmm. after that i was still picking at stuff you know the Lonnie script that we wrote and then i came up with a couple other ideas that i would would jot down here and there mm-hmm. i would pick at but going to school helped me kind of get back into the groove of doing something creatively consistently mm-hmm. that's what i was talking about momentum i can't if i get stuck and I just stop doing things. I'll stop doing things. Like two days will turn into two weeks, mm. and that'll turn into fucking four months. Mm. And then I gotta dig to get back in a groove mm-hmm. consistently creatively. Interesting. We never really talked about that before. So, like, if you lose that groove, like you, to feel creative, you need to like latch onto something, basically, right? Uh, yeah. That's something I feel like I've noticed maybe in the past like two years. Hmm. leaning on something like I'll watch a bunch of skate videos to get inspired to jot down an idea for uh, uh, camera moves or camera shots or something like that or music video ideas I'll watch a bunch of music videos and be like damn because there's this King Cruel video where there's this sick ass like this zoom in shot from like a telephoto lens or something like that I'm like damn it'd be sick to do a music video where it's like just pushing in slowly through the whole thing hmm. So yeah, I need to have something creatively to latch on to, whether it's watching skate videos or uh, music videos or movies or reading or something in the realm of what I want to do with my life. That just revolving doors of different creative things. Okay. Is that just with like creativity or just like everything in your life? You need to latch on to something to feel better at it. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, it's stuff that I want to do. Those are the things I latch on to or stuff that I like. Okay. So I'm kind of zeroing in on like something you said a few minutes ago. You said that you felt like when you went to school and like put your full foot into just being creative and everything, like you said that you wanted to regain certain like control in your life. Why did you feel like you didn't have control in your life? Mm, I feel more like I was just kind of floating around and not doing anything. Hmm. So it was a good idea to to be responsible for something. Mm. and attend school and work every day and make progress in doing something that I wanted to do and get better. Okay. Can we can we define control for a little bit? Do you mean just like 
stability or like things not going in your favor? What are we uh, talking about? I think it was more just having something to do and and like I said, being responsible for something. Like if I wanted to write a script, that would give me that would help that would help me feel like I was in control of something because I can you know you're fucking creating an entire world hmm. and a fucking you know. 120 pieces of paper mm-hmm. so it was it just felt good to outside of work because work fucking sucks it was it felt good to just sit down and, and just make something okay. that gave me all the and you know you can schedule the time and a time to do everything and write and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it just felt good to have that control of uh, working towards something that I wanted to do instead of just going to work and everything's just the same mm-hmm. day in and day out mm-hmm. and you're kind of just helping to make someone else richer mm-hmm. really there's not I don't know it's that that's just really stagnant and boring to me mm-hmm. there's no control it's like they're in control of you almost to me instead of you grabbing your fucking nuts and be like I'm just gonna do this thing because this is what I want to do yeah, I get that. It's interesting. Like I, I kind of look at it from what well, I'm trying to look at it from my perspective as well. With like, like I'm in a position where like I like my job, but I understand that there is a certain monotony there. Like when you're doing the same thing every single day, and you're not only trying to gear towards not just a particular person as far as like a boss, but just like. A system you're taking away something you're taking away time that you could spend creatively is what i'm trying to say and like i get how that can be you feel like you're you're stuck i think well at least i felt like i've stuck a couple of times where i'm like I, i'm doing xyz when i could be doing abc abc yeah, direct progressing in life exactly you're just stuck working a job that you know everyone really for the most part fucking hates their job mm-hmm. and they wish they had more time to do the passions or whatever that they want to do mm-hmm. so that's that's one of the reasons why i went to school to hopefully break out of that monotony mm-hmm. well you're still working your job so like are you did you feel like you're out of that monotony right now no i felt like it when i was in school but i'm back working okay you took a break while you were working no i'm still working full-time oh okay. school and work full-time mm-hmm. but that felt i was super busy all the time but mm-hmm. that felt better because i was in writing, filming, you know, doing whatever, all the stuff in school that I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah, shout out to you for, like, taking initiative with your life, man, and just, like, doing doing what you can to just, like, break out of that monotony. Like, I feel like a lot of people kind of struggle with that because there's always, like, a, I guess, for lack of a better term, high risk, low reward, or, like, you don't see the reward. You see the risk involved. Like, you're taking... Yeah. more time for your creativity stuff but you're also taking up rave time from your job or you're not putting enough into stuff that's actually giving you money so like that that's how people get stuck i think because they're afraid of taking that risk of i'm going to put more of my chips into the things i'm passionate about over here but that also means taking chips away from what's actually paying me over here and i'm not i'm i can't even get paid to like use the money to put it into the stuff i'm passionate about so it's easy to get stuck there. So shout out to you for that. I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because I've heard that word responsibility a lot in what you were talking about, how you were saying how it felt good once regaining regaining control of that, you felt more responsible and just feeling 
responsible to the things you believe in. So before that, did you feel, I guess, irresponsible or like you weren't using your time wisely, something like that? Yeah, I think so. I think it gave me a better structure when I went to school and started leaning into the more creative stuff I wanted to do because before that, it was just a bunch of just drinking and hanging out. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a good amount of that today, but it's, it's, it's a lot more controlled mm -hmm. than it used to be. Okay. Yeah, I was definitely there for the times where, like, in, like, terms of the drinking, for sure, like, it was... For it was excess. You, that's, yeah. that's probably the best word to say. Yeah, it was, it yes. was, I'm not going to front. It was, it was excess. Right. But, like, in, like, the last year or so, that I never even, like, put the dots together now, but, like, you're definitely in more of, like, control with that part of your life than you were, say, four or five years ago. And, again, I never put the dots together, but, like, I think you put more initiative into the things you're passionate about, like, really helped you for the better and like, not just that regard, but all facets of your life, I think. Yeah, I think when you start, like you were talking about earlier with being afraid of risk, I went to school in 2020 and that was, mm -hmm. you know, fucking peak pandemic. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was the pandemic. And I was like, don't really want to fucking take a risk of $16,000 to go to school. I don't even know what's like on the other side of it. But I was like, it's, it, this is way better than just having this job that I don't want to fucking do at all. Mm -hmm. I'd much rather take this risk. And I feel like when you start to lean into taking risks, mm -hmm. that path that you make after you take that leap of taking that risk, there's help in some things just fall into place. When I was filming my documentary, I met this dude, Carlos, who was filming his own documentary. And we were interviewing the same person at the, at the same day. Hmm. And we were chopping it up, and he hired me as a camera operator on his documentary. And we filmed uh, all summer. And that was fucking... That was sick as hell. That was funny shit to do. It opened my eyes to what it takes to put something together... Because it's really just him with a camera. Mm -hmm. and, and he had like two other people to help him on his dock. Um, but it was really just him with a camera. And he was just like, I want to do the same. Because my friends are doing this cool thing. And there's a there's a interesting crowd that's surrounding this thing that he was doing. That him and his friends are doing. And he just decided to film it. And... I probably would not be feeling as great about myself if that didn't happen. Mm. That was fucking cool as hell. Mm. And I'm super grateful for that. Because it opened my eyes to like different kind of creative avenues and just shit you can do. It like like I said, when you take that risk of opening that opening that door to risk and you start walking out that door, some things there's just other paths. Mm. There's other things that kind of just fall into place. Okay. So backtracking a little bit, you kind of you kind of said that like you weighed out like the risk and reward and just kind of decided that you'd rather put your chips in things you actually love, things you're passionate about, opposed to just working your job. Is that how you kind of like kicked yourself in the keister to decide that like I'm going to do this thing? Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything you could say for like people who like need to like not even just for people because like honestly I'm thinking about going back to school myself for different reasons. And like, and like we, I think we talked about it before, but like for people in that boat, like, how can you? Is there anything you could say? To people like thinking about going back to school or just taking a risk and like diving into their passions, but not knowing how to get there. 
And um, Jesse's here. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't gonna say it. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Nauseous. Nauseous. I'm, here. I'm here too, guys. I just, I'm just the observer for this episode. But yo, just dive. <clears throat> dive right into it. <laughs> <laughs> Can it's, we talk about that? This is a big pivot, but can we talk about that? What, diving right I guess. Yes. It's your podcast. <laughs> Why do you love to dive right into it from like a year ago that I haven't said to you? Yo, it's such a, it's a dope transition. Bring it back. <laughs> oh my, that was classic. That's like, we're going to look back and then like five years like, man, that changed the game. <laughs> <laughs> that transition? That the pod game. Oh my God. Fuck <laughs> Rogan. That's the reason why he's the pod god. You guys don't know this, but... Jam is the pod god. I like the sound of that. Jam is the pod god. Okay. So, I don't know if well, we're in our but yeah. it's, it's funny that you asked that question because I just came from seeing my sister and mm-hmm. she said she was going to go back to school and I was like, I was sick. Mm-hmm. So my advice or whatever to people that are facing something like that, uh, I'd say think about where you are right now and then just think about learning something new and how much better you would be as a fucking person mm-hmm. whether it's creatively or yeah, if you want to do fucking math or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. uh just leaning into learning something because learning is fucking sick as hell mm-hmm. so i would say just especially when it comes to just learning something new just do it. Mm-hmm. who fucking cares fuck your job fuck whatever the fuck else having a normal person life or whatever like that just go and learn something new mm-hmm not even piggyback off of that and say like recognizing that like a lot of people like are in a boat where like again like we like we were talking about before like it's easier to see the risk in front of you than the potential reward ahead of you because like the it. risk being like yeah exactly the money basically but yeah like more often uh, especially if you can somehow get like loans especially like enough loans or grants where like you can basically go to school for free like that's it's easier That's to see. That's a them. fucking game changer, yeah. Yes. I was scared at my little sixteen thousand dollars I had to pay, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm about to knock that shit out, honestly. Nice. Um, but I, I think about some of my other friends who went to Wayne State or Michigan or Central or whatever, and those motherfuckers have tens of that, like hundreds almost tens of thousands of dollars to fucking pay that mm-hmm. shit's crazy yeah and that's why like i'm kind of hesitant like my own girl like i'm thinking either either uh oakland or wayne state and like oakland especially like that's that's dumb money and wayne state by itself is dumb money yeah so like but like i'm trying i'm trying to kind of like kick myself in the keister about it just because like I see the potential award mm-hmm. of just like diving into something that I'm just like very passionate about, I guess, or like that's that's fulfilling for me, or like diving in horror into things that that fill my soul, I guess. Are you and, telling me you're gonna dive right into it? I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying not to do anything. You're just making it difficult, Jay. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna dive right into it. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, no, but yeah, there's a one. I guess you know you have to weigh your options and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you get loans and grants and stuff. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like going to like a major university, that is kind of that definitely can be scary mm-hmm. because of the cost. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're gonna be a doctor or something, a doctor can pay for it. Mm-hmm. Their student loans. Mm-hmm. within like a few years mm-hmm. and that's a fucking solid position to have is being a doctor so I guess it also comes 
with it's just planning mm-hmm. trying not to be a fuckhead just gotta be a, a a human being with a good head on your shoulders yeah 100% and I didn't which even is th- I mean you are that you have a great head on your shoulders I try to be but um Maybe. I I even think about it, but um, uh, you went to a trade school, right? The film school. Yeah, that's like a one-year trade school. Another one-year program, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a trade school is like not easier because like you put in the work. I watch you put in the work. Not say like you put less work than like two-year masters, eight-year PhD, or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel what you're saying. But like. I think like one year, I think people, if they're considering like a trade school or like a one year program type of thing, like that's, I think that should be more easier to dive into just because like, it's like you go for a year, decide like, oh, if this thing is for you, then it's like, okay, like I, whether it's for me or not, like I put this money in, it's, I'm just trying out for a year at the very least. It's, it's a less commitment than like an eight year thing or two year thing, two, three year thing. Whereas like a trade school, like for anybody considering trade school, like that's definitely, I feel like more, not enough people talk about trade schools. Like if people told me about trade schools, I probably may not have gone to like a four year college. I would have been like, I felt like I had to like make a decision at like 17 before I'm even a legal adult going to school. That's how that's, it's a fucking, it's kind of a scam. Mm -hmm. Universities and shit like that. But trade schools are dope. I got a couple Mm -hmm. friends that, you know, they Went to age back school and now they're on their way to start making like you know some really good fucking money. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade programs are fucking sick. Like it's it's more learning. Like I said, learning's dope. So mm-hmm. you know carpentry or age back or whatever mm-hmm. that already gives you 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 know something. Mm-hmm. You know something that's you know a lot of people want to get their homes redone or something like that. And then you can you could start a side business for your own and be like, yo, I can I can paint walls or you know do whatever the fuck. And I, I got that because of school. That's one of the reasons I felt comfortable um, on Carlos's dot mm-hmm. because I had, I had enough training uh, through school and my own personal stuff, mm-hmm. photography and stuff like that, like that, mm-hmm. to feel comfortable enough to take that position on. I think when you learn more stuff you gain more confidence. And I think mm. confidence is super fucking important. That's something I have been learning about myself uh, recently. Mm. And it's it's trying to be more confident with myself because I never used to be. I used to have mad self-esteem issues. Really? And stuff like that in high school and stuff. And mm. then, you know, it all kind of built up to a point. Then I started going to therapy in like 2019. Mm. I think you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, trade schools are great. Mm-hmm. It's all about learning, learning how to be confident in your, and what you can bring, and what you can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And like, it gives you a degree. So like, even if you decide like, this isn't for, isn't for me, like you still have that degree to like, go to other jobs and be like, I'm good in this skill. I can get hired from this. And you learn a lot in that one year. So I want to put that out there. But the confidence thing is interesting to me. Cause like, for as long as I've known you about, five six years whatever like you always came off like a confident person so like is this like a fairly recent thing you're kind of regaining confidence or gaining confidence i think it's a fairly recent thing i've addressed personally Mm. okay and um i haven't been leaning into it i've just been acknowledging it Mm. and trying to not be so 
anxiety ridden mm-hmm. in certain situations. Like this is this was kind of nervous, mm-hmm. like when we first started, but mm-hmm. we were grooving in the, into it. Okay. That's really interesting to me because you offered to come on the podcast, but like you were still nervous about like coming on. Yeah, like when the mic was set down and you press record, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of happening. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That's that's interesting. so like, is it just from like kind of like we're saying again, like diving into your passions? Basically, is that why you're kind of regaining your confidence? Yeah, like I said, when you start learning stuff, you can gain confidence in yourself and. Uh, for the things that I want to do, like, you know, photography, film, mm-hmm. writing, all that stuff, when you start doing it more. Mm-hmm. You can put yourself in certain situations, and when you achieve those situations, then you're like, fuck yes, I did that shit. It was sick. Mm-hmm. And that's a confidence builder. Nice. I definitely feel that. Like, even with my job, like, I feel like, I don't know if I've gotten more confident, because I'd like to think that, like, I've had, like, a blind confidence for, like, the last few years. Like, I've had, like, a blind confidence in that, like, even if I don't believe in myself, I know that, like, if I try this, then people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. But, like, they're not going to think anything if I don't do anything. So I try to just put myself out there as much as possible. But I feel like the more I've done, like, my current job, I've gotten more confident in my current job. That's why I felt as so... Like, I'm in a certain groove, I guess, where, like, I want to go back to school and kind of, like, further that a little bit, like, with the whole teaching thing, like, like, further myself where I can actually, like, teach, like, a college classroom or, like, a high school classroom or something like that. Damn, that's kind of, kind of wise. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, it's, that's the kind of, like, groove I've gotten in, but, interesting, so, like, is it just from, like, being behind the camera, too, and this, like photographing other people that kind of regains your confidence too um you know what i think it is i think it's before i started getting into all this it was you know i would would watch movies uh, a shit ton as a kid that's all Mm -hmm. i did was watch movies and i'd always be like damn how do i do that Mm -hmm. and then i started you know writing and getting into photography and other stuff and i'm like i know how they do that Mm -hmm. and me knowing how they do that and having the experience, you know, doing that on my own with my short films and writing and stuff, uh, it was just kind of exposed. The magic of movies and shit like that was kind of exposed. Like, how do people do what they do? That was exposed, and I know how to do some of that stuff, and that felt really good to figure out. I think that, that when I put all the pieces together and make my own thing, of my documentary uh, that felt good to know. I texted Mike the other day and I was like, yo, I filmed a documentary, dude, it's sick. Whether it's going to be good or not is, you know, whatever. But, I mean, that's fucking... That shit is dope. <laughs> don't let him... Don't let him don't, he's lying to you. That shit was dope. It really was. I can co-sign that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but, like, knowing how to do all that and doing it myself and with other people that want to mm-hmm. do shit like that that it just felt that feels way better than fucking a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of different things mm-hmm. especially just having a normal job mm-hmm. which is my ultimate goal is to transition out of that bullshit mm-hmm. fully I can feel that and like like you said we used to write scripts together like there was a point where I wanted to make movies too and that that all like snowballed out me just looking at movies and even wondering myself like how do they do that and just down to just like making of docs and like trivia stuff and like 
that transformed into, oh, I can do that, or I would like to do that. Yeah. And, like, I eventually, like, kind of just, like, uh, fell out of that dream, just out of, like, different aspirations type of thing. Mm. But, like, I can definitely feel that as far as just seeing that something's feasible, something's possible, and then deciding I not only want to do this, but I can do this. Like, I think, I think that's kind of like a confidence booster in itself. Like, you... You believe you can do something. Yeah. The believing in yourself part is probably the most crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what you've always struggled with growing up? Probably, yeah, I would say so. Probably when my, like, when I was in school and stuff, lots of mad self-esteem issues and stuff. Until I started addressing it when I went to therapy, which I'm a proponent for. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel like you're going through some shit, you should definitely, you know, seek someone out. Mm. A neutral party is what therapy is mm-hmm. because your friends especially your parents they're probably going to lean a certain way mm-hmm. but a therapist is gonna they're just gonna help put things in the perspective mm-hmm. and they're not they're not gonna have a, a lean you know one way or the other right and that's what i like about therapy like it's i just want like an an unbiased perspective like if someone tells me that i want someone to tell me when i'm in the wrong or full of shit rather than like a friend or family who is automatically going to co-sign me because we have like that relation basically yeah plus it feels good to just get shit out mm-hmm. like a lot of people just you know keep shit in their heads mm-hmm. or inside their heart or whatever and it feels good to get a lot of that a lot of that out mm-hmm. i'm also a proponent for keeping like a journal or a diary or something like that and you just you know just write it feels good to put things onto paper mm-hmm and see it and maybe you meditate on that for a little bit or whatever that might take years or whatever to do but mm-hmm. it feels good to just get it out oh yeah 100 percent. and like i talk about journaling a lot in this podcast and like that's a good way to just kind of get things out and i know i met you on this podcast i can't remember if i've told you before but before i went to therapy i would use like script writing as kind of like my journal basically as like a flagger bear phrase start processor like i would have like I would write out an active conversation with myself. Like, there'd be a person A, person B. I'm basically both people. Like, person A would be what I'm actually thinking, and person B would be the counterpoints and the counter. Did you write it person. in script form? Yeah, I think I still got those scripts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, that used to be therapeutic in itself, just to be kind of, like, trying to look at a situation from, like, all possible angles. You did tell me that before. I tried mm-hmm. to do it, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> why not? Uh, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. It felt odd. I don't know. Because if, if I journal, it's just me just shitting on paper. It's just mm-hmm. on paper. Mm-hmm. It's just all just coming out. Mm-hmm. So it felt it felt weird to put it in dialogue. Mm-hmm. I couldn't couldn't figure that out. I feel that it it took me a minute to figure it out too. Like it takes like a certain like process, I guess, to like try to like it. It mostly just kind of like made my brain just like be active in a way where I'm kind of force myself to see things through all angles and like okay what's this other person going to if i told someone who like disagreed with me what would they say and if i was that person like what would i say if i was talking to myself basically i could i could do that if i'm writing a regular script and Mm -hmm. making shit up but when i have to put myself like the forefront of that i'm like Mm -hmm. god this is weird yeah i feel that how did you start like working like on like regular scripts i don't know if we talked about that before if we did, it was a long. It was probably when we first met. Probably. Um, I started writing short stories, huh. uh, and little poems, huh. just 
just about just random stuff um sunsets and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh it, and then that just felt good to write and then i was like one short story i wrote i tried to turn into a script and that didn't work out too well and then i had that script idea from like the very first one i wrote mm-hmm. uh warm october night yes i remember that one yeah. i definitely remember the title yeah it's still not finished that's fucking like 10 years but i want to get back to it that's kind of a sick script. I remember I that. The title and everything. What's but, the yeah. title now? Well, we don't uh, have to talk about it if you don't you keep. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I That was the first thing I ever wrote. And that was kind of just me learning. I was writing that in fucking Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. And have any script writing uh, software. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, so that's how I got into it. It was just, just writing mm-hmm. short stories and stuff. Did I ever tell you how I got into it? I don't think so. It's a lot less poetic. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to watch this show. I was late to watching this show, but I was watching it. It used to come on like TNT at like oh, 7, 8 in the morning. Uh, remember the show Angel? Spinoff of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The vampire who had like a soul and like had like morality. <laughs> I watched like all the episodes of that. He, like his, his spinoff was interesting because it was like a film noir type of spinoff. Well, he, like he was working as like a vampire detective in Los Angeles. Was he the vampire? Yes. Okay. And like, um, I got to like the last episode and like, long story short, the episode basically just like fade to black. It didn't really have an ending. But like, there was a like specific like poetic reason why I found out like years later. It was more about like, the sh- the theme of the show wasn't about like, the fight itself. It's about like, having the reason to fight when like, you don't feel like fighting in like, your day in life. But mm-hmm. it's all about just find the inspiration being from someone else or just find someone else find, find it in yourself i mean and like as an adult i can like dig that type of theme but like 13 14 years old i'm like fuck that one ending <laughs> <laughs> i got so tight i, I just started writing like my own like scripts thing did, like, did you write your own ending for it i wrote like three sequel scripts <laughs> <laughs> that's how deep it was as i was writing all these scripts thinking that like man i'm gonna grow up i'm gonna go hollywood i'm gonna just license all this shit <laughs> put this on the big screen get the ending i want basically so i was basically like writing like fan fiction before i even knew what fan fiction was ah. but like i got so into it where i'm like okay i feel like i'm actually like writing movies now let me see if i could do this with like original stories and short stories and like i just got into a groove of writing and like freshman sophomore year of high school yeah you were doing it earlier than me when did you start <laughs> 2012. Okay. It had to be like 2012, yeah. Hmm. It had to be like the year after high school. Okay. What can you say, like, looking back on, like, when you first started writing, as far as, like, how your writing is now, how you think you've improved? Uh, so I haven't been, I haven't been writing consistently. I've probably been writing for 10 years, but it's definitely not been consistently. Hmm. I don't know. You told me this one time, I, I can paint a pretty good picture. Yes, you I can. can. And I, that is something I do feel confident in, is that mm-hmm. I can paint a really good picture. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I had to, if I had to say something about it, mm-hmm. uh, you mean like my writing in general? Yeah. Or even just like talk about like your filmmaking in general, how like you've improved from like when you first aspired to being a filmmaker to like being a filmmaker today. Uh, I still don't know if I call myself a filmmaker, honestly. I did two short films for... So you made films? First, that's true. You're a filmmaker. Wow. That is true. Congratulations. <laughs> that is true. 
The one thing about school was that some of the glow was definitely taken away. Like I said before about that magic, some mm-hmm. of that magic is just revealed, and you're like, oh, okay, it's, this is what this is, this is how this goes, 12-hour fucking days. Uh, I don't know. With writing, I if I could go back and tell myself something, it would be write consistently. Write every day. Right. If it's not every day, write as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about that. I think me and Jesse. That shit's hard, though. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's like you want to write every day, but you, you know, can't force. You can't force that mm-hmm. creativity. You can't. I don't know. I've been trying to reframe that forcing into more of scheduling. I think that's one of the things that helped me with school. It was like I had to show up every day. I had mm-hmm. to be there. Monday through Friday, or Monday, it was like four days a week, I had mm-hmm. to be there. I think when you reframe it, instead of like forcing, if you reframe it into, I have to schedule this chunk of time because I need to write, mm-hmm. I think when you reframe it like that, you you think about it differently, and you probably approach it differently. That's interesting, because I'm having like the same issue, like I'm working on a book, well, a couple books technically, but like, Sweet. I'm like struggling with just like... I'm in this, I was in the same mode of just trying to like push myself to write every single day, but like trying to be creative where I'm not in like a creative brain or like where I'm just getting off of work and my brain is fried. Like that's easier said than done. But like talking about like the scheduling part, that's that makes me think about it differently. One of the things I think is that it's not even about writing whatever like your new project or your books. Uh, if you don't have anything creative to say, try about your fucking day. That's something I've been trying to do too. Just, just write, just write whatever it is. Just write, and I think that I think that helps because it keeps you in the groove. You're still writing, whether you're typing or it's pen to paper. You're still writing, and I think that is a uh, uh, that's a muscle right there, and that muscle needs to be fucking exercised. Hmm. I might try that. I like the sound of that. Yeah, hmm. it, I struggle with it too. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't write every day. Mm-hmm. I like that whole schedule thing that you said. I I've been kind of on that lately. Um, I think that, um, you know, if you you set yourself up to, you know, I'm going to try to do this every day, you know, as long as you try, you know, I think, like I told, I think I told you, Jay, like, you can try to do it, and then, you know, you kind of get that groove, like, am I in the really the right mood to even write, you know, and then if you're not, like, it's not, it's not the end of the world, it's not the worst thing, like, you could be like, well... You know, I want to write, but I can't really write. So, like, you can kind of just, like, well, just, you know, get a sense of what am I feeling today? Am I in that right mood? Like, I'm sure all of us are like, oh, I want to write every day. But it's like, that's not a real realistic thing, you know. So, I think, like, if you set yourself up, you know, at least, like, the schedule idea, that's a really good um, routine to get into. Yeah, I've been trying to appreciate that perception more recently how do you schedule yourself uh i try to do everything in the morning now because i work at like one in the afternoon so my usual routine is i wake up i try to work out for like an hour or so and then well right now i'm editing so it's gotta be it's gotta be something if it's not uh writing it's reading if it's not reading it's editing if it's not one thing it's two things Mm -hmm. So reading is something I try to keep consistently. Um, yeah, I try to do everything in the morning before work. That's smart. I never thought about like trying in the morning. I always think like 
after work, but like after work, and you know, like I said, my brain is fried. But like doing, it, I try to get, I leave the house for work at like eight in the morning, and like I wake up at like five in the morning to you know shower, eat, all right. that jazz. But yeah, like I feel like if I made time at like say seven, six, six thirty, like that, that might be good writing time. I, I'm gonna have to try that. Do you have time? You said your brain is fried after work. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. When I first started writing the scripts and stuff, I was working a different job, and I would, I, I wouldn't schedule time in the morning, but I would, and this is kind of where some of the drinking kind of poked its head. I would just sit with like a bottle and just fucking go mm-hmm. for like an hour or so, and. And that, that is still something I do kind of, not a lot, certainly not a lot. Maybe every now, not, not even every now and then. Maybe once in a blue moon, I'll say. Hmm. And that's fun. You can get some stuff. I've gotten some really good stuff out of that, hmm. to be honest. Hmm. But obviously that's not healthy to do fucking all the mm-hmm. time. So uh, it's just finding a healthier approach, I think, hmm. is what I've been trying to reframe my mind to think. Hmm. I think putting certain things in a different perspective is super fucking important yeah for sure it takes uh i guess it takes perception and like moderation right like anything works good in moderation but like if you're trying to do something like drinking like every single day that's when it becomes a quote-unquote issue you know i was on there for a minute too (laughs) i remember (laughs) that's gonna be the title of the the episode perception and uh i forgot what you just said the word let's go perception and uh Fuck. I forgot rice. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, perception and moderation. Moderation, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the episode, guys. <laughs> Send it to all your socials. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That actually might be a good place to kind of end it, because, like, I know that, like, I try to keep these, like, a half hour. Oh. Like, y'all y'all are the type of people that have told me, like, try to keep these short at, like, a half hour or else it's too long, so. I mean, but it's us. It's going to go probably longer do the flower part (laughs) (laughs) before we get there though i just want to ask jay is there anything that you want to get off your chest or like tell listeners like be it advice final words anything uh support the homies support jam listen watch do you put up videos used to i'm thinking about like going back to like youtube but like they have like an incentive now where they're paying fucking podcasts to put up videos and shit Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> That's right all he there, needs. Dog. That's his incentive. Money. <laughs> Fucking right. Uh, I'll consider. I'll consider. Fucking <laughs> watch, listen to Jam, listen to Nosh. No. Nope. Listen to Noshes. He sucks. Shut up, dog. <laughs> listen to Noshes. Listen to fucking Machete Stan. Who else? Hey, Fuck the homies. Alex the Kid. Alex the Kid. Fucking, uh, we got No Face. No Face Therapist. Hire fucking Mike Buckenmeyer to shoot all your photos. Hire Anthony Agabola to shoot all your photos. <laughs> Who else? I'd be remiss if I didn't Shit. shout out. Uh, listen to Valerie the Vulture. They're let's a dope go. band. Let's go. Hey, let's go. Uh, uh, watch my stuff if you want to. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, my man's got a new thing he's working on. I, I don't know if I can drop the name, but and got a new uh, little some, some source of media coming out real soon. Who's that? You. Oh, uh, you know, we'll keep that on the wraps. Yeah, keep that on the wraps. That one's close with the chest. Some, some, yeah. That one's close with the chest. <laughs> uh, I can't 
can't think of any more shout outs. Hey, bye. Last call. I think those no, are my that, own shout outs. Yeah, that's just cool. the homies. Support the homies. Okay, yeah, support the homies. And um, my final words are to first give you your flowers. Sweet. You know how the deal is. Give, give people flowers that I appreciate. And um, I appreciate you just for being a good friend for as long as I've known you. Uh, it's hard to even do this because like I've I feel like I've given you flowers for like so many times, or at least I try to. And I apologize if I if I haven't in advance, but like I appreciate you just because you've been a good friend, a good confident, good partner, good writing partner for as long as like we did that. And like even outside of that, like you've still like come to me for like if you need help with rain or like you're bouncing an idea off me sometimes i try to bounce ideas off of you and like we've still got that good dynamic going and i appreciate you for just keeping that dynamic recurring and just for being being there when i need you like even even outside of like creative stuff you're there for like the the personal stuff like when i haven't been all that right or vice versa like we we I try to be there for you, you try to be there for me, and I like that dynamic. And I appreciate you for it, and I appreciate you for not just coming on this podcast, but for just offering to be on. I'm always going to appreciate people who come on. And on that note, I also want to pivot and thank Jack Nosh, no, no, no. Nosh for you thank me, give, bro. <laughs> giving us the space to record this. Thank you again for... I guess we're coming on the podcast a second time. So I'm a cameo this time. It's a feature. Feature, yeah. Featured guest. Thank you for the cameo appearance. And uh, just just thank everybody. Thank thank you. Thank all the homies. Okay. Thank thank the homies. Alright, before we go though, we have a new segment. We, we got a new segment. It's we're giving Jam his flowers. Stop it. Because Joe never gets his flowers. Stop it. So who else to be the first? It's lit us, yeah. But you start, because I got nothing. I wasn't planning this out. It was your idea, bro. Uh, just a fucking smart dude. Self-aware. I don't think a whole lot of people aren't as self-aware as you are. And that's fucking... I admire that. Uh, a supportive, creative homie. Which is fucking super important to me. Uh... I feel like you. if I asked you to do, to help with something creative, you would be on it in a fucking minute. Like, I sent you something the other day, and you fucking edited it, and that was, that was tight. Uh, and just a fucking, a good, a funny friend to just hang out. Like, we're about to go out right now and just fucking have a grand old fucking time, and it's gonna be sick. Yeah, no, uh, I'm gonna add on a little bit of that little sum sum. Always the homie, always a good, supportive friend, you know, always there when you need him, you know, always checking up on you, just, you know, seeing how you're doing and just, you gotta love the guy. Good, 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 good support, good, he's his brother at this point, so I just want to thank him for all these years. He's my only friend since high school. Creative genius, entrepreneur. And and many other things I can't I can't discuss because this is gonna go to X rated if I get into any more details. Wow. <laughs> Th- thank you both for the give. Just thank you. I don't know. Like, I, I always feel weird when people give me their flowers, but I, I appreciate. I love you guys. Thank you. Take the compliment, dog. <laughs> All right, it's taken. It's taken. Thank thank you both so much. <laughs>